Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. they do to make Adam Cole feel special? They ring the freaking bell. August 20th, 2021. I'm back. Welcome along to the Cultaholic.com Wrestling Top 10. This is where we take a look back at the previous month and the 10 hottest stories at Cultaholic.com. Here to do that with me is the editor-in-chief at Cultaholic.com. It's Mitch Wadden. How are we doing, Mitch? Long time no see, Tom. I'm doing grand, mate. How are you? It's been at least a month, and it feels like it's been about 30 months. It feels like it's been a a, a while. It feels like we've both both been very busy boys. But you know what? That's because wrestling has been a very busy place. It's, It's been a bit mental the last 30, 31 days or so. It went a little crazy, but I think we enjoyed it. Uh, away from wrestling, what's been the highlight of your August? Oh my god! I bought a new car. That was exciting. Woo, I what are you driving? Tr- what are you driving? Uh, what are you driving? Well, I, I I'm not sure if our audience know. I'm quite a lanky boy. I'm quite tall, so I'm six foot five. Massive. He's massive. Um, so I had to get myself a, a Rav Four because then I can fit in it. Uh, I was I was driving around in a little Peugeot 308 for a while, and I looked like a Rodney from Only Fools and Horses. You look like that guy that Nelson Bunce shouted "ha ha!" at, <laughs> <laughs> and then I made him walk down the street in his underpants. Oh. That's a that's a <laughs> that's a standard weekend for me, Tom. So that was good fun. And then Hell I of spent a reference. Hell of a uh, reference as well. I spent the bank holiday weekend getting a bit. Uh, what was it the kids call it? Uh, a bit Larry. Should we say? Battered, that's the mate. one. They call it. That's battered. the one. I had a, a phenomenal time. And then the day after that, I had to help a, a family member move house, which... Uh, is that connect yeah. how battered you got? Or <laughs> there were separate incidents. It was a separate okay. incident, thankfully. How about you, Tom? What was your August highlight away from La Wrestling? Away from the wrestling? I just, you know what, mate? I just worked through August. Not only oh. was it here, but I was doing stuff at a, a, a radio job as well. And I made the mistake of not booking time off either and just doing both. So I had like three weeks where I just didn't stop and I worked from like 4 a.m. to like 10 p.m. And uh, I, I, my, I, I vaguely remembered what my good lady looked like. And I had a point where yesterday, now it's all calmed down a little bit on all fronts until the weekend. Like I had a moment where I looked at my phone and I've got so many messages I've just left on red. And, and three missed calls from two old schoolmates. I'm like, oh, I just got to catch. I've got to. I've got to do a lot like, of life admin, you know. It, it sounds like a normal couple of weeks for you, for you, Tom. I, I'm, the audience must know by now. You get two and a half hours sleep a night. 
Vince McMahon gets two and he's a slacker. <laughs> Absolute slacker. But, um, but oh, hey, look, we're good and we're here. Nothing to complain about. You know, Absolutely. It's the job in the world. And let's run through the top 10 stories for August of 2021. August 13th, 2005, I left professional wrestling. August 20th, 2021, I'm back. Starting off with obviously the biggest story is it's the small matter of a major return to professional wrestling. Who are we talking about, Mitch Wadden? Yeah, if your if your eyes weren't peeled, you might have missed this one, guys. So we'll uh, <laughs> give you a little bit of the details. Uh, a guy by the name of hang on, C M Punk has joined. Never heard of him. Nah, he's joined AEW, Tom. Uh, apparently, he was a bit of a, a big deal a little while ago. Um, from the notes I've got here, he left wrestling in 2014 when he walked out of WWE. And uh, after weeks of speculation and teases from the man himself and other performers in AEW, Punk returned to All Elite Wrestling on AEW Rampage, the first dance on Friday, the 20th of August. Tom, did you stay up and watch it live? I did. I did the late start. I, I had to. It was a moment in time because me as a wrestling fan of a certain vintage, mm-hmm. I will remember like CM Punk and, and the way that he left WWE was was rough. And businesses like ours have kind of been built on the, the, the hype around if and when CM Punk will return to wrestling. It kind of became a meme in itself like doing videos on CM Punk teases wrestling return because he liked a photo of Vince McMahon. <laughs> and and, he, and be, because like the, and the reason that we got so swept up by it, like it is simply because we wanted CM Punk back so badly. Like mm. a, a missing piece in the wrestling puzzle is CM Punk. So when it was, when, and, and the way they did it, and we'll get into that in a moment, but the way they did it was a case of, I simply cannot miss Rampage. I have mm. to be there for that one. Now, the way they did it, um, is 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 a testament to the, the 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 booking of AEW here because at no point at no point did they promise CM Punk. They said everything but CM Punk is coming. And to the run, I think we talked about this in uh, 
in the new in the top 10 last month, Mitch, the idea that if CM Punk isn't coming to AEW, you might as well cancel the show in Chicago. Like if, we did. If this is all just teasing for nothing, then you're going to leave a lot of people blue balled and it's not going to be a good look for the company <laughs> at all. Um, what did you make of the live? Did you what you stayed up to watch it live, didn't you? I think we were all up live. I've never seen. I've never, I've seen, never known anything like it. Curtain. I've never seen Slack so busy at 2 a.m. I've never known anything like it. We were all chatting in our, our work Slack chat at 3, 3.30 in the morning. It was absolutely mental. Uh, but yes, I did stay up to watch it live. Uh, I, I watched the SmackDown before as well, just incidentally, because why not? Um, and I've never heard a noise like it. In all of my years as a wrestling fan, I have never heard a pop so... All, 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 all overcoming. It, it filled the soul. It was absolutely incredible. What a mo- as you say, Tom. It was a moment in time. Something that people will say in, in 15, 20 years' time. I was there, or I was here when it was. It was absolutely amazing. I think they had to do it the way they did. I.e., bring CM Punk out first. Mm-hmm. There had to be because. He, I, th- I think, had they brought, I, I pitched the idea of them bringing him out at the end of the night. And I, I look, I'd rather be happy than right. Like the, the, the CM Punk chant started immediately. So they had to deliver. They had no choice. Immediately. And yeah. CM Punk's promo was, was, was everything it needed to be. Uh, he was uh, well spoken. He talked uh, about his passion for wrestling disappearing in WWE. And he said he kind of knew that when he left Ring of Honor in 2005. And he declares that now in 2021, he's back to professional wrestling. And his first match is going to be against a guy who he's had an eye on for a long time, Darby Allen, saying to Darby Allen that you do a lot of daredevil stuff, but there's nothing more dangerous than facing CM Punk in Chicago. And there we go. That's off to the races we go. Our first match for our first match for CM Punk. Uh, is against Darby Allen at All Out. And since then, we've seen Punk turn up on Dynamite. He cuts uh, another great promo there. Mitch, I'm going to call you out on this um, because we're mates. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is it true that you said that CM Punk shouldn't cut any more promos? Let me let me get the wording. <laughs> let me get the wording from Mitch Wadden, editor-in-chief at Cultaholic.com. <laughs> Mitch Wadden... 9.14 a.m. All we've wanted for seven years is to hear from CM Punk. Two weeks of him being back in wrestling. I never want to hear from him again. <laughs> can I, am I, can I offer some context? Yes, the context to uh, my damning statement. Uh, CM Punk's done a lot of media interviews in the last two weeks. And the, uh, the, the simple explanation would be, as, as a member of our uh, .com team, I've had to write a lot of CM Punk articles. And, you know, maybe you can't have too much of a good thing, but that was me at quarter past nine this morning with just one coffee in my system. And uh, <laughs> it's, You're not a morning guy, are you, to be fair, Mitch? I have chucked you under the bus, but you're not, you're not a morning guy like me. I, I I'm, not, I'm not, a, certainly not as early, Tom. But uh, Mr. Phil Brooks, if you are listening, we would love to have you on coldholic.com. Uh, please get in touch. Well, that's that done for. <laughs> no, I need to nothing with that one. Now, I... And and as I said to you after after the the expletive, um, actually actually this is on the podcast feed. I can swear on this. I said fuck off, Mitch. Um, and after the expletive, I did say, do you know what? I get it because all of a sudden we've gone from hearing nothing from CM Punk to hearing everything from CM yeah. Punk. And 
it's in, it's going to be interesting how and we we're not, we won't talk about it because it's September um, and we're not talking about September till the start of October. Um, it'd be interesting to see how, for lack of a better term, this lives up to the hype mm. because the hype uh, is so high for this match. And, and like you said, we'll talk more about this when it's actually happened next month. But the expectation around CM Punk's first wrestling match in seven and a half years. There's, there's almost an element of you're not sure what to expect because no one knows. He hasn't done it. What, what are you expecting, Tom, if anything? I, I, I think that Punk and Alan will have a very, very, very good match. I'd love it to be excellent. I don't know. I know Darby Allen can go. And I guess it's a test for CM Punk to see whether he could. I genuinely think CM Punk's the sort of guy where if he didn't think he could still, he still had it in the tank to go, he wouldn't come back. Like yeah, he, he he's always loved wrestling um, to the point where I think if he didn't feel like he could contribute something or be a part of something, then he wouldn't be here. So I think it's going to be a very good to excellent match. I think there's high expectations of it, and I hope the very least it's excellent. I hope so too. I hope so too. This is the almighty WWE champion who is physically dismantling one of the most intimidating superstars in history. Edge went back in time to find that place he needed to get to. Cena up to his feet. Roman Reigns with a spear. And just like that, Roman Reigns will retain the championship. SummerSlam came around. That was a big night for the WWE, wasn't it, Mitch? It was. It was a big night of a, a lot of wrestling action that weekend, like you say. Uh, SummerSlam presented from L- uh, and they said uh, L.A., Las Vegas. So I've had too much coffee now. I'm gone the other way. Um, it was a show that WWE really bigged up as being WrestleMania worthy. It was going to be their WrestleMania for the year, given what happened with uh, uh, WrestleMania 37 earlier this year. We had matches like Cena versus Reigns for the Universal title, Bobby Lashley Goldberg for the WWE title, uh, a fantastic match between Edge and Seth Rollins that I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about. Uh, Tom, what did you think of the show? Because a lot of the uh, reviews I gathered from from people watching online was uh, it felt a bit more quantity over quality. It was a full show. It was mm. a very full show. They threw a lot at this. And, and as you said, and you so eloquently put on a few occasions in articles that they wanted it to be WrestleMania worthy. And I think if it felt that big, I think coming out of a, a global pandemic, they wanted to make sure the first big pay-per-view, the money in the bank was kind of a, 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 a testing of the waters, but the first big pay-per-view of the year, I think they wanted to make sure that it, that it screamed from the rooftops. And also it's, it's again, it's WWE doing what they do so well, which is these high production value high attendance events um absolutely we there's a lot to to get angry with wwe at at the moment but in terms of shows of this scale in terms of the presentation uh, they always deliver and away from some of the the moments from the big moments from it the the nuclear warfare uh, that i mentioned just a moment ago uh, there were some good matches amongst the bloat i think Um, so i thought the main event was what it needed to be the quality. I'll call out what I think was my match of the night. Edge and Seth Rollins stole Of course it the was. Show. How do I forget Edge and Rollins? They Jesus. stole the show. It was absolutely fantastic. I thought, I mean, Rollins, we know, is brilliant every single time he steps in the ring. And this was the Edge of old. This was Edge of 10, 15 years ago as well. And what an entrance, by the way. I can't now, talk about this. The rumour and innuendo is that the, the, the Gangrel-style 
well, the brood style build to this match with the bloodbath on the Friday and then the, the entrance through the fire on the Saturday uh, was apparently Gangrel was meant to do something in AEW. Mm. And, and that was the kibosh was put on that because WWE were doing this. Now, if there's any truth to that or not, you might find out uh, this weekend when Ross sits down to host Straight to Hell with Gangrel. So you might get some answers from, from the man himself, from David Heath. Uh, this weekend at youtube.com a forward slash a cultaholic edge and Rollins was phenomenal. I think that was probably my match of the night. I think I graded it in a plus. I think it was my match of the night. Uh, Bobby Lashley and Goldberg happened. Um, yeah, that was a thing. Yeah. I, int- I mean, they, they want to make Bobby look strong, but they don't want Goldberg to lose again. So they, this, they, the issue, I think that the thing that sucks for this, they did the spot where, Goldberg was going for the spear mm. and MVP was meant to thwack him in the leg with his cane, but Goldberg didn't feel it. So Goldberg yeah. didn't react to it immediately. So there was like a little delayed reaction that sucked the wind out. But then when they started, you know, isolating the leg, driving it into the ring post, that's when they, they, they kind of pulled it back. It, but the stoppage was a weird choice, wasn't it? A weird stoppage. Uh, to be fair to Goldberg, he went longer than anyone thought he would. I think, from some something I read, that was the second longest match since he returned to WWE. Um, and it wasn't a complete... Oh, we can swear on this, can't we? It yeah. wasn't a complete clusterfuck. So no. there was that. And, you know, fair play to, to Big Bobby because he got the popular night by attacking Gage. So what more do you want? There was... Um... There was that. There was Gabe getting a big pop. <laughs> that was a thing as well. That was certainly a thing. Uh, we also saw Damien Priest become the United States champion. He beat Sheamus in again. That- a match that was just okay. Yeah, uh, I didn't mind that. I yeah, really didn't mind that. Fine. Did the yeah. job. I'm nice. I'm, I'm excited to see Damien Priest do stuff as the US champion uh, already. Uh, the, the final Monday Night Raw of August. Uh, we had a triple threat with him, Drew McIntyre, and Sheamus. And it was, oh, and that was- on Raw. Fantastic. Best match what a match. Mm, ever so good. Ever so good. Uh, RK Bro won the tag titles at SummerSlam, beating AJ Styles and Omos. Yeah. Uh, Styles and Styles, so Riddle and, and, uh, and Orton, we liking them as a team? They've gone with it a lot longer than I think any of us thought they would. Um, and I could, you know, again, peel back the uh, cold holic curtain a little, a little bit. Me, yourself, and, and Jack King had a bit of a chat when uh, Randy returned at the start of August and, and you know, sort of speculated where this was this was going. And, you know, with with Orton RKOing Riddle that night, I think, I'm, again, Tom, my memory's a little hazy because I'm a terrible person, but you predicted that, didn't you, that Orton was going to... Uh, but I, I didn't think it would be like an RKO that's a bit pally. I didn't mm. see that coming. Um, but what I did see, what I, I thought they'll, I thought it'd be an RKO, but we got it in a very weird roundabout way. They're still friends and they're tag champions in a, in a weird time for the tag division Yeah, uh, on Monday night raw, at least where there's a real lack of, you know, you've only got a few, ha- you only got like a handful of like legit tag teams in like the, the Viking Raiders and the new day. And one of the new days out at the moment. So yeah, true. It's a no, really yeah, there's not- there. Hey, uh, I'm upset with you. You are absolutely shitting on Mansoor and Ali here. What a tag team. I am, aren't I? And I'm, and I'm shitting on, um, uh, T bar and <laughs> T bar and Mace. <laughs> I'm sorry, sorry, Raw. I forgot about your tag team division, <laughs> but then you normally do anyway. So it's hey! the man is back. Becky Lynch is here. Get 
taking care of business with a manhandle slam. Cover on Belair. Lynch wins the title. Lynch wins the title. Lynch wins the title. Like, Brock, Brock, Brock is here. Brock Lesnar is back in WWE. On to the two surprises of SummerSlam night. Nuclear Warfare engaged for WWE after the CM Punk return. How did WWE retaliate, Mitch? Yes, so we got BL and BL. Becky Lynch and Brock Lesnar are back in WWE. How exciting. Uh, Very different fashions, very different reactions to these. So we'll start with Becky Lynch. Uh, Lynch returned as a late substitution for an unavailable Sasha Banks and faced Bianca Belair for the SmackDown women's title, uh, winning it in less than 30 seconds. Uh, So from a a report, I think from Fightful, uh, no, sorry, PW Insider, uh, Lynch had had already been reportedly scheduled for SummerSlam in some sort of appearance. The situation with Sasha Banks meant that they changed the plan quite late on and, and got Lynch involved physically and winning the title. Uh, moving on to our second uh, nuclear, you know, press the big red button. Uh, Brock Lesnar's back. Uh, a shocking return at the conclusion of the show, confronting Roman Reigns. Uh, and that seems to be the direction we're going in now for, for Roman as well. Obviously, Lesnar wasn't on the last Friday Night Smackdown of August. Um, there's no indication on, on how quickly that's going to happen. I think, again, PW Insider reported it's either going to happen a crown jewel or survivor series. Um, but, you know, we know WWE wanted Lesnar back for SummerSlam. Oh, every indication pointed to it not happening. So what a nice surprise. Uh, Tom, these definitely landed differently, didn't they? They did. Um, the Becky Lynch thing, from what we know, the, the obviously the plan was still going to be Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks have a blinder. That mm. didn't happen. Sasha Banks is currently off the road. No one has explain the reasons behind it she's just not on the road at the moment and they knew over a week before that she wasn't going to be part of SummerSlam so they this was their plan instead so they couldn't deliver Sasha Banks versus Bianca Belair so they tease Bianca Belair and Carmella and then they bring out Becky Lynch and the Becky Lynch thing was was rushed they Becky Lynch isn't ready to come back till October, we understand. And there was nothing to stop her from making an appearance at SummerSlam. There was a lot of talk that said she was going to make an appearance anyway. But winning the title uh, was mm. a decision by Vince McMahon. We understand that day whereby he um, he said, we want to do something extra spectacular. So, hey, CM Punk debuted for you. Well, Becky Lynch came back here and she won a title. Which is, I, I feel like in Vince's top head. Top that, that, Tony. Top that. Yeah, top, top that, Tony. Um, what? Okay, before we move on to to, to Brocky Duda and his return, um, how do you feel about Becky Lynch being back in this particular manner? Um, I don't like it. If we're being, you know, uh, pr- pretty straightforward, I don't. I, it was great to see Becky back. It, uh, you know, it was one of them where watching it live, you knew they had to have something lined up because the I mean the energy drained out of that place and that's no disrespect to Carmella she's you know a, a vastly improved performer but the energy just uh drained out of that place you kind of had the sense something was coming yeah they could they knew they knew what they were doing there yeah that was, yeah they knew they were going to drop something very quickly 
So, to, I mean, to have Becky back is obviously a good thing, but to then only get a, a 30 second, well, I mean, 27 second match that makes your established SmackDown Women's Champion who's held the belt brilliantly over the last six months look a bit stupid. It wasn't for me. And, and Tom, I watched your, you know, your 10 alternative ideas and there wasn't any of them I disagreed with um, because ultimately, yes, it's good to have Becky Lynch back, but Becky isn't an established star. She's a WrestleMania main eventer. Mm. And you've made your most promising up-and-coming female talent look a bit daft. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah, and and they did. And now they're they're repairing it somewhat on SmackDown. Becky Lynch, according to PW Insider, is now on the heel side of things. Brave you, to bring back such a popular guy, a popular man as a heel. Do you think that's going to work, Tom? Because I've got my doubts. <sighs> I think. Weirdly, I would normally say no. I think people will, will immediately get behind her. And they did to an extent on SmackDown. But they're kind of banking on people being upset with the booking of Bianca Belair, it feels. This is kind of some sort of weird pseudo booking. <laughs> they did something that we know they know we would hate. And it has inspired hate in the relatively in the direction of Becky Lynch. So I think it's it, kind of their plan. <laughs> It reminds me a little bit in a weird way of, of sort of the Daniel Bryan booking of 2013. And that's, and that's not mm. to say uh, Bianca Bella is going to be a Daniel Bryan, but, you know, that sort of, you know, here's a person that we really like as fans. His, the difference is, like, Rand, Becky Lynch isn't Randy Orton. Becky Lynch is another superstar who got over in her own right. Mm. So some fans are going to feel a bit conflicted on who to cheer here. Yeah, there's there will be a groundswell for both on this occasion. Uh, mm. Hopefully, as the t- story pans out, Becky Lynch is a very talented performer, and I'm sure she can she can work some magic and make people hate her. Yeah, and I, th- and I think the uh, one of the crucial elements of this is it's, uh, the rumors are Becky Lynch asked for the heel turn, so she's clearly got the uh, faith in her own ability to do it. Absolutely, that's lest we forget that Becky Lynch said, "I want to come back as a heel." So I want to be a big bad man. Yeah, bad man. Look at a big bad man. Uh, <laughs> nice segue. Thanks, mate. Brock Lesnar rocks up in the main event after Roman Reigns beats John Cena. And Brock Lesnar looks like a butcher now. It's a <laughs> man bun and full on beard. Um, aesthetically, are we liking Brock Mitch? Oh, I loved everything about this. Mm. This was absolutely fantastic. This was wrestling booking 101, a complete shock. And he didn't do anything. Not he didn't do anything, but what he did was just kept very minimal. Walked down the ramp, looked big and tough. That's it. The heel champion runs away and that's all you need to do. And, you know, I, I imagine that was a big reason why the SmackDown rating this past Friday was so large. And yes, Brock wasn't there, but it definitely played an impact. And, he looked fantastic. You know, we've we've said for a long time that Brock is a uh, he's played this dominant heel role so well, but it always ran the risk of running dry. There's so many only, only so many people, big bad Brock can run through. So I'm looking forward to seeing how a you know quote unquote face turn goes for him. You say that there was uh, there was nothing that Brock did that night. As the cameras went off air, you gave John Cena a kick in for old times' sake. <laughs> That nice that's how thing. they say hello. Yeah, that's 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 a nice little throwback to that SummerSlam match they had where John Cena got no offense in. How how scary is it, Tom, to think that was seven years ago? Oh, don't. Oh God. Oh God. That's that was, that was horrifying. Um, what do we know? How long have we got Brock for, Mitch? How long have we got Brock Lesnar on the roster? It's 18 months, according to reports, Tom. We've got him for 18 months. I think it's eight matches, if I remember correctly. Um 
yeah. So who do you want to see Brock work with? Okay, so I mean, we're, we're gearing up to Brock versus Roman Reigns. There was conversation that that was gonna they were gonna hold off on that till twenty twenty three. Um. I mean, yeah, I guess, but I, but that was that seems to have changed now, and it looks as if we're getting Brock versus Roman, possibly at Crown Jewel, possibly. It's yeah. Series. The, the only other thing I've recently read, Tom, is they may uh, the Rock, the, the whole story with the Rock may now be pushed back to 2023, and Lesnar could go into to next year's WrestleMania. But you know, mm-hmm. it certainly seems like it's it's in the near future rather than the far future now. In terms of other people, Brock, I'd like to see work with. Um, he's very final boss, isn't he? So uh, you, you, you don't want you, he's a bit of a special attraction now as well. So maybe you just put him up against other special attractions for a bit. We've cut, we've done Lesnar and Goldberg. We don't need to do that again. Um, I would like, I'd be quite intrigued by seeing Brock Lesnar, not so much a special attraction, this, but Brock Lesnar versus Big E. Yeah, that's I like the idea of, of Big E sizing up either him or Goldberg at some point. I think Big E needs to fight a big meaty man. And yeah. currently the biggest, meatiest man on SmackDown is Brock Lesnar. So have at it. Um, on the SmackDown side, also, I think Lesnar and Finn Balor, they've worked magic in the past. They have. They have. I, yes. I like their I, stuff. That was a really enjoyable match. And that was one that, you know, we're all cynical in this business, but they sold me for a minute. They had me believing they were going to do the, the unbelievable. So, yeah, let them go at it again. And I'll chuck in there Brock Lesnar and Keith Lee. Oh, that is big, beefy boy slapping me. Yes, please. Yes, please, and thank you. Please, sir, Mary, have some more. Down south slang, we live too fast. Keep it true to self and never sell out with these bosses. Down south slang, we live too fast. Keep it true to self and never sell out with these bosses. Over on the black and gold brand. Actually, I don't know how long we can call it. The black and gold brand. <laughs> this time, when we do the next one of these, it will be the very colourful brand. This is an art attack brand. Uh, so, <laughs> changes, big changes to the the development brand that is NXT. What's going on, Mitch? Yeah, so we'll take this back to very early August when, on a you know, as sadly has become increasingly regular we got late reports on a friday night of plenty of releases out of nxt and 205 live uh names like bronson reed bobby fish mercedes martinez all departing the company uh, that evening not long after that the reports began to emerge courtesy of pw insider that there had been internal conversations in wwe regarding major changes for the nxt brand with a brighter focus on younger talent uh, WWE President Nick Khan confirmed the change in format in an interview with BT Sport, and we'll get to him in a bit, uh, and that there would be a greater emphasis on developmental uh, WWE-specific stars, developing stars specifically for WWE as opposed to independent stars. Uh, apparently, WWE no longer considering independent talent. So the company, as we know, have revealed this brand new, brightly coloured Art Attack logo, and the changes in format and you know, everything, uh, production value and all of that, are going to be kicking in from the live show on Tuesday, the 14th of September. So two weeks away, Tom, not long. Yeah, not long at all before we see what this new NXT brings us. Uh, yeah, it feels like a light year ago we had those those changes, those uh, releases from WWE. But yeah, you're right, early August, Bronson mm-hmm. Reed, Mercedes Martinez, Bobby Fish, all gone. And... Uh, and and it was it was around then that as you say, there were signs that changes were coming. 
and WWE. And, and there was a quote that came from Wrestling Observer Radio about this, whereby Vince McMahon had said, it's a paraphrase, like NXT had lost the war against AEW. And now it would go back to being what it should always have been, which is a development territory where the stars of tomorrow will learn to do it the WWE way. USA Network haven't been delighted about this. They were sold a third brand for WWE. And now publicly, it's being said that we're reverting it back to what it should have been is, you know, the, the, where the stars get trained as opposed to where the stars are. And it's just the latest in a, in a, in a, in changes that have swept NXT since its inception. I did a whole video on sort of the changing shape of NXT and how it started as this development territory that was born out of Florida championship wrestling. It then translated to, it, it moved on to become a super indie where like some of the big stars from across the industry were going. It then became WWE's weapon in the quote unquote war against all elite wrestling. And now that war is over and WWE have have had to force a hasty retreat. They're Mm. now dropping back to being a development territory again. And as we've discovered a little bit in the past couple of days, Vince McMahon is going to be um, more heavily involved in this new operation how do you feel about the future of nxt mitch i'm reminded of a uh, a very philosophical phrase that i've heard in my life a mantra uh don't cry because it's over smile because it happened oh that's very because sweet. i i do think this is those of us that enjoyed nxt for what it's been for the last four or five years sort of starting in, in 2013 definitely in 2014 um it's it's almost been a bit of a safe haven for us as wrestling fans us real wrestling fans that like to you know like to enjoy wwe for what it is but nxt gives us that that little something different that we're not getting on raw or smackdown it appears we're not going to get that anymore um and that's sad that's very sad the the advantage that comes from what will be with NXT is that as Vince McMahon is and Bruce Pritchard are more sort of overseeing the operation, you are going to have a a nicer, cleaner synergy Mm. between NXT and Raw and SmackDown. So you'll have a star because, because, you know, in, in, in throughout August and months in general that have gone by, like August is a great example of this. It hasn't made the list, uh, but still worth mentioning. Karrion Cross is call up to the main roster. Um, was met with hilarity <laughs> because Vince decided he should be a gladiator against all the, the, the booking and the, the character and the world building that they'd done for Karrion Cross. He should be a gladiator. And it's not to say that it's a bad call to make him a gladiator. I think, you know what, if you go, if you double down on it and if you throw yourself into it, a wrestling gladiator could get over, but it's that disconnect between what NXT is doing and what WWE's main roster are doing. And if Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard overseeing it now makes that disconnect less so, allows a connection, then you're going to have a character that is born on NXT, finds their their voice and their stripes on NXT. And then when the call-up happens, it's going to be cleaner. Because Vince and Bruce have already signed off on it. The trajectory should be constant rather than very stop-start. I mean, 
you, you talk about Karrion Cross, and you know that's certainly not the worst one we've seen in the last oh, no. last couple of years. Um, I, you know, you feel for people like Keith Lee, Alistair Black, Nakamura to an extent after uh, his initial push. Um, there's so many now that like, I'm struggling to think of like individual names. We've just become, uh, I suppose, conditioned to believe that any NXT call-up is just not going to work on the main roster. So, you know, that side of things does work. Uh, you know, hopefully that will be better. Where does this leave Triple H, Tom? Well, as we, well, it's from what we've understood from some places, Triple H is still intricately involved in the operation of NXT. However, I think his role will have been certainly um, minimalized if Vince and Bruce are more involved than they are. I think for the longest of time, Vince has just left to Triple H to, to put over who he wants to put over, who he feels we put over. Whereas now I get the vibe, this will be a bit like sort of the dying days of WWF's relationship with Ohio Valley Wrestling, mm. where it was like, I want you to put them over. I want you to make them the star. I want you to to do this character for them. So Triple H, I think whilst he still essentially is running NXT, I don't think he has the autonomy that he used to have. Time will tell on that and whether or not he's happy doing that. And, and it's, I think it's important to mention, this all comes back to the reports of a, a massive backstage tension and, and almost internal warfare between people that are in Team Vince McMahon and, and Team Triple H, and uh, by which I mean there was a report, again, I believe it was Fightful, towards uh, just after these uh, releases were made, that uh, there were people trying to decide essentially which horse to back in terms of the future of, of WWE and, and whether that was going to be certain names were aware that perhaps if Triple H was the man to take over the empire, they wouldn't be in the same privileged positions that they are now with Vince McMahon. Um, so maybe this whole uh, pinning the loss of the Wednesday night war on Triple H and NXT has played a part in that. Dragon up! Final cries of the NXT that we knew uh, were heard at NXT TakeOver 36. This was out of the Capital Wrestling Center the night after SummerSlam. Uh, what went down on that night then, Mitch? What feels like the sort of end of an era? It does, and it, and it, it felt weird to start with, didn't it? Because we were having a TakeOver following a, a major WWE production in, in SummerSlam, Um but again, another fantastic uh, NXT show. Most notable, I think, for the uh, in-ring return of Samoa Joe. 16-month absence from, from the ring, uh, we believe, due to concussion issues. And he's, he's back, won his record-breaking third NXT title from Karrion Cross in a very hard-hitting main event. It was, uh, it was almost scary at times because we haven't seen Joe wrestle in, in such a long time. And he's, he's certainly one of those characters that if he can't give his all, he's not going to give anything. So it was a little nerve-wracking shall we say but another great match uh, I mean we have to talk about you know Cameron Grimes winning the million dollar title Kyle O'Reilly defeating Adam Cole in a two or uh, three falls match and we'll talk a bit more about Adam Cole in a bit but Tom NXT United Kingdom Championship Walter and Eli Dragunov oh mwah, chef's kiss chef's bloody kiss for me the best match of the night 
went to Volta and Ilya Dragunov. I thought that title would go to the undisputed finale and not by a long shot. Uh, it was Dragunov and Volta. These two have told a captivating story on NXT UK for the past 10 months. Mm. Culminated here. Do you know we've never had an, an NXT UK title change outside of its original crowning um, within the United Kingdom? <laughs> it all happened on takeovers in America. Yeah, because Walter beat Pete Dunne uh, ahead of WrestleMania 33 or 4 a couple yeah. of years back. Yeah, yeah. A, a short while before that, take over Chicago, Dunne beat Bate. Yeah, of course, and, yeah. And now we've just had uh, Ilya Dragunov ending the reign of Volta in in dominant fashion and and just a, a perfect match, one that like I want to make time to watch later because I just it's one of those matches that I think is going to be on high rotation it's, on, it's... on my WWE Network. It's funny you say that, Tom, because as I mentioned earlier, I, I was away visiting some friends for the weekend, and I, one of those friends is a, a sort of lapsed wrestling fan. And yeah. I made, I, I put this match on. I put it on the W. We just had twenty minutes on the Sunday afternoon, and I said, "Just watch this." And this, and he's, it, he was hooked. And you, it was such a physical, immense story for for twenty five minutes between these two men. And you say match that night. I'm going as far as so it's my match of the year so far. Wow, that's amazing. And you know what? You probably, yeah, that's probably a good shout. It's pretty good shout to make it match of the year. Um, Carlo Riley and Adam Cole, their their rivalry came to a hand in a two out of three falls match. We saw uh, Carlo Riley pick up the first fall pretty quickly with a with a counter to a Panama Sunrise. Adam Cole leveled it off in the street fight, and then the finish came, and we saw a short bit of cage action before mm. Carlo Riley was handcuffed to the cage and with his hand cuffed to the cage put Adam Cole in a leg lock and very quickly got a tap out to which the crowd booed Mitch. The yeah. Booed. That's, yeah. that's bad. That's, I mean, it, it, it's important to say that we know what Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole can do. They're both phenomenal. And unfortunately for them, it's, it's a little bit that we expect magic every time one of them's in the ring. So this was a bit underwhelming and, and it's not helped by the, finish that as you say the live crowd certainly didn't like um i mean we'll talk more about adam cole in our next point but you, you we did expect a little bit more out of this we did the main event saw carrion cross and samoa joe as you said there as you described it samoa joe becoming nxt champion now a three-time nxt champion the first time ever it's an interesting one this mitch because with all the changes that NXT are about to go through. Samoa Joe feels a bit like a round peg in a square hole as champion. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's again, it maybe just shows a disconnect between NXT and, and, and WWE main roster because we've got all these stories of the changes coming to NXT. And then you've got a, a, a man and a very talented wrestler in Samoa Joe, but who is effectively in his early 40s and is also working a backstage role for WWE as that brand's main champion. So, one wonders how long he will hold that belt for, but a good feel-good moment. Uh, who would you like to see beat Samoa Joe eventually for that title? Who do, you, who do you think is the next person in line to lead that brand? If we're going in the new direction of NXT, Pete Dunne. I was going to say Pete Dunne as well. I would love it to be <laughs> Pete Dunne. And it's not just because we're all English lads here, lads, lads, lads. No. But if he fits the mould, he's a, you know, a jacked, talented wrestler who... 27 now, 28. Still got so many years on the clock. Yeah. And I think he will do wonders with that title. I'm loving his new British boys faction, by the way. I think that's 
great on NXT. Him, Ridge, One Lorcan, and Danny Burch works for me on a lot of levels. I think that could be a that could become a real um, sort of constant and a real staple on the NXT brand for the next six to twelve months. Could be a, uh, filling in a gap left by a a now departed faction, at least. Uh, we know that Bobby Fish is gone. We know that Roderick Strong is still on the roster. Kyle O'Reilly is still on the roster. Adam Cole, maybe. You got the cool music. You got the lights. You got the fog machine. You got the girl. You know what they do to make Adam Cole feel special? They ring the freaking bell. Because on your best day, you couldn't lace my boots. You can't hang with me. You aren't on my level. And anybody who watches pro wrestling knows that. You want to talk about special, Cross? You are not special. I'm special. You're just the guy who has my property. Let's take this story right back to the beginning. There was a report from Fightball Select back in uh, late July that Adam Cole's contract had expired with WWE uh, and he had signed on a very short-term extension to see him through to SummerSlam weekend. Uh, That took Adam Cole to two out of three falls at NXT TakeOver 36, in which, as we touched upon, he uh, was defeated by his former Undisputed Era teammate, Kyle O'Reilly. Apparently, a lot of work went in backstage in WWE to get uh, Cole to re-sign. There was a meeting with Vince McMahon, at a Friday night SmackDown show at the start of August, uh, somewhat ironically, the same August that 13 NXT and 205 Live Stars were released at. Uh, irony not lost on Vince McMahon there, I'm sure. Uh, apparently, the chairman offered Cole big money deal, had creative coming up with ideas for Adam Cole. Um, but as of right now, Adam Cole is, as we best guessed and best knowledge, is not contracted to WWE or indeed any wrestling promotion. Those conversations with Vince McMahon, I mean, that says there is a fundamental desire to keep Adam Cole on the right side. And Adam Cole played it right, as, as you talked about, as, as we've talked about at Cultaholic, his contract expiring and the and, and, and the consequent signing an extension to stop him from Lex Lugering somewhere. Mm. Fans of a certain vintage will know what that means. Um, I think put him in the good graces of Vince McMahon. So Vince was willing to make him a big money offer. We had stories of what well, it's, it was like whilst, whilst Raw and SmackDown writers were coming up with ideas for Adam Cole, they were sacking people in NXT. <laughs> and that's where it kind of got me thinking that what's been happening a lot lately. We've seen a lot of NXT guys getting tryouts on the main roster, getting dropped onto the main roster fairly unceremoniously. I can't help but feel that this is Triple H kind of, Helping, helping his friends off the boat, metaphorically, mm. you know, getting them, getting them into, into comfy positions within the company. And I feel like Triple H has always had a real soft spot for Adam Cole and is keen to, even though he might not be able to give him the, the creative satisfaction he might want, Triple H wants to line his pockets with all the money. And WWE yeah. is the place where you can do that. So I think that, I think it's quite telling that we are like a week adrift from Adam Cole's contract expiring and he is yet to turn up on Raw or SmackDown. I feel like they would have quickly put him on one of those if they'd had a story for him that he went for. I think with this, Mitch, it's more what it could 
what it could signify than who it is. I don't think for a second that Vince McMahon is an Adam Cole guy. I absolutely no. don't. Adam Cole goes against some of Vince's real fundamentals of wrestling. So I don't think for a second Vince McMahon is an Adam Cole guy. But what I see here is an NXT guy who, for the first time, is being given the option of a call-up to the main roster or leaving the company, and they are taking leaving the company. And that is that is a, a shot across the bow of WWE. That is a that should be a wake-up call for what yeah. they're doing. And it should be a wake-up call for fans who might not have converted to AEW yet. It's certainly a a a massive changing of trend for, for WWE, one that I think Vince McMahon wants to avoid happening. I think Vince McMahon is not an Adam Cole guy, but I think Vince McMahon is desperate to make sure that somebody, when offered a, a roster call-up or leave the company, doesn't take, I will leave the company, because that sends awful messages all over the place. It's a damning indictment of what WWE has become. And, you know, we, you know, we talked about NXT call-ups earlier and, 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 you know, your Keith Lees and Alistair Blacks and Karrion Cross, And it doesn't take a lot to see that Adam Cole is a fantastic wrestler and deserves all the order things to, you know, to be a top guy in, in any wrestling promotion he wants to work for. And there's just always that nagging fear that Adam Cole is going to go up to the main roster. And it would almost be like the biggest injustice ever if he wasn't used in the way that his talent demands um, so I, it's not only that Adam Cole's chosen to leave WWE as opposed to going to the main roster. It's the fact that we as fans go, I can see why he's done that. Can you still go? Can you still be the best? Can you still be the best in the world? That's somebody else's shtick, and you might just be need to be a little bit more patient, okay? It's the final countdown. The final countdown. Daniel Bryan left WWE at the end of his contract, and it looks as if we are very, very close to seeing the Yes movement move to AEW. What's the story, Mitch? Yeah, so again, this was one of our big, big stories coming into last month's uh, Top 10 podcast. We were talking about Daniel Bryan and CM Punk. Uh, obviously, CM Punk is now All Elite. And Cassidy Haynes, who broke the story that Daniel Bryan had signed a contract with AEW, has reported that Bryan is set to finally make his AEW debut this Sunday at AEW all out. So, as I say, Brian had reportedly signed his contract uh, back in July, has agreed a deal that will see him work a lighter schedule to that that he was doing in WWE, uh, the opportunity to work a bit in Japan, and also have some creative input. Uh, Tom, you are live streaming reactions to AEW All Out this weekend. Is the American Dragon going to show up? There's a very spicy chance that he will, sir. In terms of what capacity, I, I mean... I've got my theory that um, 
it was it was yesterday. It's it was yesterday. Oh, it was today, wasn't it? Uh, all the days blur and time is a construct. Um, <laughs> Andrade versus Pack is not happening on Sunday. That's mm. the word uh, of of today. And uh, this is apparently due to travel issues. This is what Tony Khan says. So Pack is stuck on a Trans Pennine Express somewhere. <laughs> on his way to Manchester at Piccadilly via Chicago. He's stuck um, on the Great Western Railway service I was stuck on on Monday. <laughs> How'd you get stuck? What, what, what? Tell me this story. You got stuck on the, on a GWR? I got stuck on a GWR. So <laughs> this this was awful, awful. And I and I don't like using our platform to slate brands, but GWR, you are a disgrace. Figure oh, yeah, it out. You, they are an institution. <laughs> so I got... <laughs> Off. They're terrible. I got, I got on a QWR at Paddington at one o'clock on Bank Holiday Monday to, to return to my homeland. And this is a, a train that's meant to have 10 carriages on it. And they send five, five carriages. So, you You're know, that five. Tall, Mitch. <laughs> these things, it was, Tom, it was a minor annoyance to start with. These things happen. I get my, but everyone had forgotten it was Reading Festival. So then we passed through Reading and oh, uh, I want to say about a thousand. Uh, sleep-deprived, inebriated, dare I say, a little smelly campers also got on the train. I wasn't a happy bunny. It's slagging off the Reading Festival as well. <laughs> all Mitch, of this is going to get taken Mitch, out of context. All, all we, Mitch, all we wanted two hours ago is to hear you talk. Two hours in, I never want to hear from you again. <laughs> Fuck off, Tom. <laughs> I deserve that. <laughs> I mean, I oh, I know what you mean. GWR, they are hit and miss. They very much are. Um, they're very classic trains, though. They are very but, classic trains. But but the but as we know, train infrastructure in the UK is is shit at the best of times. <laughs> I, don't think oh, I've ever, I don't think I've ever had a straightforward train journey anywhere in the United Kingdom. It's all it's all we want in the UK is to have a train journey and go off and go. That was without incident. I remember getting on a Trans Pennine train once and the, the voice over the tannoy went, sorry about this heavily delayed service. Um, your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> like, Even you're done with it. Even you're done with it. Oh. Um, but these may or may not be the travel issues that have thwarted Pac. Andrade. <laughs> um, and now, but since then, Andrade has put out a tweet which has hinted that he might throw down an open challenge. On mm. Sunday night. And that's made me think, oh, this is a work, isn't it? Pack ain't got travel issues. This is all a work. They're messing <laughs> with our heads. So <laughs> if, they, if they don't give us Pack versus Andrade, but they give us Andrade versus Daniel Bryan, that's all right. I can make my peace with that. Debut him straight in the card. I don't know whether doing Daniel Bryan and CM Punk on the same night, whether that's too much, whether you want to pad it, whether you want to space it out a little bit. I don't know. I mean, I, th I think he's inevitable now. I think he's inevitably going to be part of AEW. And I am, and I think it's the thing there. And the caveat there is, you mentioned it there, Mitch, it's creative control. Mm. And it's, uh, and it's the ability to do a little bit more stuff. And the one thing that he wanted was to work in other promotions and do other things. AEW proudly have that forbidden door that is off the hinges at the moment. So it leaves the chance of Daniel Bryan to go and do stuff for New Japan Pro Wrestling, go and do stuff for AAA, go and do stuff for for Impact, for New for New Japan Strong, you know, to to travel and do other bits and pieces. And I think at this point in Daniel Bryan's career, he wants a lighter schedule, and he wants to try a few other places and try a few other disciplines. And 
And who, you know, and who could blame him? You know, and you, I think the, the thing that you hear a lot about with the WWE system is it is a system and it is a machine. Mm. And you will get people there. And I guess the way they're doing things now, to go back a couple of points, how they are looking for people without a wrestling background is they can train them from the ground up their way and no other way. Whereas people who come into the system who have been independent wrestlers and done their own thing for so long, they kind of, it's, it's a bit like when you've worked, when you've opened your own independent coffee shop and then you get yeah. offered a job being a barista at Starbucks. Like it's, it's, a, it's you know, financial security, you know, it's a regular job. There's less pressure on you, but go, you know, you, you're itching to be a bit more creative. Can't can't make coffee the way you want to make it anymore. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and just to sort of bring it back to a sort of a, maybe an o- more overarching point, looking back at a couple of these, can you imagine at the start of 2021 if we turned around and said, okay, in seven months' time, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, potentially Adam Cole are all going to be in AEW? Mate, seven months ago, if you'd said to me, you can stand more than two meters away from somebody and it's fine, I'd have, I'd have been surprised. <laughs> if you said to me seven months ago, you'll be drinking in a pub soon, I'd have been surprised. You'd have been very happy. That's true. Been <laughs> but yeah, what, what extraordinary times we live in. The AEW are, are opening the book for people like CM Punk and for Daniel Bryan and possibly even an Adam Cole. But uh, we may very well see do you, Daniel Bryan. Sorry, Tom, where do you stand on the sort of notion that, you know, you know, AEW have done a phenomenal job in bringing in excellent wrestlers, but where do you stand on, you know, that roster's getting quite big. It is getting full. It is getting bloated. And I, I think they might have to, after Daniel Bryan and Adam Cole, should both come in. And then maybe after Wyndham Rotunda, should he come in? They may need just to kind of cool their jets a little bit because mm. it is getting a busy roster. And yeah, that they all get they're getting labeled a lot uh, as the place that doesn't hurt, you know, that, that hires just ex WWE guys and puts them over their guys. And I don't know if that assessment is completely fair. Um, no, I think that I, I can I totally get it. I totally get it. You, I've, I see pictures doing the rounds of like the all out poster and puts people have put WWE logos next to all the ex WWE guys. And you have to bear in mind that WWE is the biggest company on the planet. Everybody's worked there at some point. And like there's there's a picture of Sting and the, the, whoever's made this thing has put a WWE logo over Sting. Like Sting is not an ex-WWE guy. He was in WWE for three matches. He, if anything, he's an ex-Impact guy. Yeah, <laughs> he's absolutely. He's an ex-WCW guy. Like don't chuck him in there as well. Because if we're going to play silly buggers like that, Young Bucks are ex-WWE guys. <laughs> they played Triple H and Shawn Michaels on a, on a skit in the dirt sheet. Yeah. Um, uh, MJF is an ex-WWE guy. He was a policeman in a backstage bit. There'd like, be no Britt Baker. No Britt Baker. She's she's an ex-WWE guy. She uh, for, Nia Jax's first match on Raw was against Britt Baker. She's ex-WWE. If we're gonna play silly buggers, we can play silly buggers all day. Yeah. But it's you, like I was gonna say, it's I'm like calm it's, now. <laughs> take a breath. It's but it is Ooh. like opening up a, a supermarket and saying you're not hiring from Asda or Sainsbury's if you've got that on your CV. I think people that tend to to default to oh well, if they weren't in WWE, you shouldn't hire them. I think I think it's them being petty about the company that they don't quite like because they've been fed a steady diet of WWE is the best for their entire lives. 
And the yeah. idea of anything changing that is upsetting. I get that. We are all creatures of change. When I started here, people were angry because I was someone different. When <laughs> AEW came along, there was people going, no, WWE's the best. Because that's all they've known. And there is yeah. a fear of change. And, and, and it's a challenge. Dare I say it, with a company like WWE, and we are going off topic here, but there's almost a Stockholm syndrome to it. Because for, yeah. for a certain generation of wrestling fans, that is all there has been. Like when you talk about wrestling to non-wrestling people, they go, oh, the WWF or oh, the WWE. Like mm. they're, you know, they're a brand. When you like when you talk about about cornflakes, people think of Kellogg's cornflakes. So when people, you know, I mentioned the word tannoy earlier. I should have said public address system because tannoy is a brand in the same way that Hoover is a brand. Hoover and vacuum, exactly. Vacuum cleaner. It's a Hoover. And WWE is a shorthand for wrestling, essentially. And that's and then when something else comes along that isn't that, there is a trepidation about it. And there is, like they say, this stock, as you said perfectly, a Stockholm syndrome when it comes to it. But to go back to your point about whether, like, they're pushing WWE guys too much, I mean, I would, I mean, you look at the all-out card, and and I don't know whether I completely buy that idea because some of the top matches on All Out, you've got Kenny Omega, who has been built in New Japan and built in AEW, you know, versus Christian Cage, who has had a, a run in WWE, a strong run in WWE, and has been inserted into the main event because he's a guy that always deserved to be in the main event. And now that's what they're doing. And I'm fine with that. On a night that they've got, I think a match like that fits well because you've got CM Punk and Darby Allen. Yeah, CM Punk's an ex-WWE guy. What's the first thing he says when he walks into an AEW ring? You guys really make me feel what it's like to be Britt Baker in Pittsburgh. The first things out of his mouth is putting over AEW talent. The first match he's going to have is against Darby Allen, an AEW, mm. a, a, a young AEW guy. Like, so like, I'm looking at that and I'm going, okay, so far it's it's a mixed bag as it should be. It's MJF versus Chris Jericho. And MJF is as AEW guy as you can get. And he's beaten Jericho in their last encounter and may retire mm. him on Sunday. Um, you've got the Young Bucks and the Lucha Brothers, neither of which are, a, are WWE guys, but they're going to be in a steel cage match and they're going to tear the house down. Uh, you've got, yeah, former Rusev, Miro. He's a champion in that company. Absolutely. He's facing Eddie Kingston, who is not a WWE guy, who, oh my God, if they try to put him in a WWE mold, he would shatter it. There is, <laughs> he is not a WWE guy in the slightest. You have a casino battle royale full of a, an amazing selection of female wrestlers that have worked for WWE. Sure. But many who wouldn't have got a fair crack of the whip in WWE. And they're getting an opportunity to shine in that match as well. Um, uh, there, there, um, there's bound to be other matches. I mean, John Moxley, John Moxley, he's an ex-WWE guy. He is. Who's he in there with? Satoshi Kojima, mm. who's not a WWE guy. Like, are we, are we now seeing that maybe this, this idea that only WWE guys get pushed in AEW is a bit farcical? It's a bit different from when we are talking on a different strand here to, to WCW picking up WWE's top guys and rerunning WWE main events for four years later or five yeah. years later. Or, and again, no criticism to what Impact Wrestling is now, uh, but what TNA did for a number of years, which was pick up WWE guys that they could afford and turn them into main eventers because they were WWE guys as opposed to necessarily being 
guys that are deserving of that spot. Um, I think, uh, excuse me, I think AEW have got a, a really fine balance with this and they've so far balanced it really well. If Ultimate Warrior in 1998 had come out and called out Goldberg, be a very different story to what we got there. But that's, yes. uh, that, that's Halloween Havoc. Maybe Daniel Bryan on Sunday. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Daniel Bryan versus Goldberg confirmed. Ah, oh, give me that. No, never. Never, <laughs> never give me never give me that. I said I was gonna take Kenny's titles and I was gonna start with the Impact Championship. But guess what? Kenny Omega is as advertised. He is one of the toughest guys I've ever been in that ring with. And he's so talented. So if I thought beating him for this Impact Championship was gonna be hard, it's gonna be nearly impossible for me to win that AEW World Heavyweight Championship. But I'm living in your head right now, aren't I, Kenny? You know it can be done. You know I can beat you. And it's going to happen at All Out. All Out, ladies and gentlemen. Impact Wrestling has a new champion. We talked about him just then. It is Christian Cage. So how did this go down, Mitch? This was a lot of fun, wasn't it, Tom? So the very It was a lot of fun, mate. I really enjoyed this. The very first match on the very first episode of AEW Rampage, Brand new Impact Champion, Christian Cage, defeating the uh, belt collector, Mr. Kenny Omega. So uh, just a little bit of a rundown at the end of the match. Christian hit the kill switch onto a steel chair, which the Young Bucks had introduced. I'm having a bit of a momentary lapse. Yes, I think so the they, they brought the chair in and uh, and Christian Cage took advantage of it. That's right, because Don Callis was trying to get in the ring and you know, good old... Good old Don, yes. So Christian Cage's first uh, wrestling title in any promotion since 2012. Uh, Cage has since defended the title against Brian Myers, Impact Emergence, in what was a, a very enjoyable match as well. And uh, Ace Austin is his next uh, number one contender as well. I mean, just going back to uh, Christian Cage winning his, the world Impact World title, what a moment. Very I enjoyable. Thought, I thought it was great. I was, I was, hoping, they would, um, I was hoping they'd do it that way. Because Christian Cage at this point, when they had the match, was square was squaring up to Omega for the AEW title. So I like the idea of taking the Impact title off him because that mm. adds a little bit of intrigue to their match at All Out. Um, I think Christian Cage is the right guy to do it. Former TNA guy, he's got a great history there. It doesn't feel like a randomer beating Kenny Omega for the Impact title. It feels like somebody who's been away from TNA wrestling making a return. It does. That was. It and, does. And do you know what? Excellent use of Christian Cage. Because at a time where there are so many other people in and around and floating around and being talked about in AEW, give him something that's removed from that. Give him a project that where he could shine, but and isn't going to be overshadowed by your CM Punks, by your Daniel Bryans, as he had done in WWE. I think him mm. going to Impact is perfect. I love the idea of Cage having an extended run with that title and putting over guys like Brian Myers and Ace Austin on the regular getting some great matches out of them, outworking everyone in Impact Wrestling and taking it from there. I, I'm, I'm so on board with Christian Cage as the Impact Wrestling Champion. As you yeah, know, I really I, I, can, I can tell, Tom, and, and there's not a part of that I disagree with. I think it was the right decision for both AEW and for Impact. It adds just that little bit more spice to uh, their match at All Out on Sunday. Um, yeah, I just absolutely loved this. I thought this was great. Impact Wrestling on a whole, as we always say, is just one of those promotions that has just been consistent. Mm. And I'm just desperate for them to land something now that moves the needle for them. Because despite this introduction of AEW, uh, the roster hasn't, uh, the, the, the ratings haven't budged for them. They've had little pickups and drops down and drop downs, but they've kind of 
just fluctuated. And I'm curious as to what they need to do to change that. I don't know whether it's something drastic, like a change of network, whether it's... it's yeah, it's, sure. it's a really tricky one because, as you say, is it a network? Is it a because their time slot is constrained by what time slots are free, as opposed to you know we saw it earlier and they this moved year. To a Thursday to stop themselves clashing with NXT, which I think was the yeah. right thing to do. Absolutely, have your Absolutely. own day. Have your own day where you can make your own headlines the following day. Completely, and I you know I regularly enjoy watching Impact on a, on a Friday morning when you know we sort of start work on a Friday, and I've got that on. It's a consistently very good show. It is. They just need one. I don't even want to call it a stroke of luck, but they just need a, something to go their way to move that needle up and, and bring them back into that same, or just even just underneath a little bit more into that same category as, as where they used to be. Is that a big signing? We've heard of real interest in, in um, you know, the former Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. Uh, apparently Buddy Matthews is heading that way, according to uh, Scott DeMore. So you know, are these the sort of names that are going to help move that needle? I think they they certainly could. They, it wouldn't hurt to try. Um, the 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 story about Buddy and Braun is that it was on a live stream at a baseball game randomly mm. that uh, Scott Demore dropped the name Buddy Murphy and say, "Oh yeah, he'll be with us soon." And then he mentioned, "Oh, we're all on the road to Braun for glory," <laughs> which uh, indicated that, "Oh, okay, Braun's coming in." We found out today that Braun's uh, new name as a wrestler is going to become titan oh uh, that was revealed in so that was revealed in quite clandestine fashion which we might talk a little bit more about next month but i'll mention it here so um ec3 and adam Shear, the former braun Strowman, uh, having themselves what seems to be a cinematic wrestling match on yes. ec3's patreon which will cost you seven pound 99 to watch and in the video trailer for it there's a little bit of audio at the end which is played backwards so obviously i booted up adobe audition dropped that bad boy in there and uh, the audio uh the audio says uh, release the titan or unleash okay. the titan maybe but definitely mentioned titan at the end so i think and i, I think that name suits him it's a good name. It's a very good name. I'm I'm in for that and yeah i think bringing it sort of back around to to impact that is a sort of it's a rec- instantly recognizable individual that can help to bring a few more eyes to the product if they can get him. I mean, obviously, Scott Moore may have just been playing silly buggers on a live stream, but <laughs> he might very well be. Vince McMahon's not going to watch this, but he's going to hear about it. He's going to say Ric Flair's back where he belongs with anybody he wants to be without a given night. <laughs> that I have deserved that right. And Hunter. Thank you for every time you told me that I was Ric Flair to go out and be the best I could be because I let myself down night after night. He would not give up, but he didn't care about my WCW run. Hunter grew up on the NWA, and guess what's hanging in his office? Not the WWE belt, but the NWA belt he bought for me. Go up, Trevor, hit it! Can he hit it? Can he hit it? Come on! Will this be the moment? It's been a busy weekend. It's been a busy month for the National Wrestling Alliance. Uh, it was this past weekend they hosted mm-hmm. a weekend of pay-per-views out of the world-famous Chase Hotel. 
And we saw NWA in power on the Saturday, NWA 73 on the Sunday. And Mitch, I watched both of these. I don't know how much of this you got to catch because I was just in awe of this weekend for the National Wrestling Alliance. Yeah, I've, I've not had a chance to, to watch nearly as much of it as I, I would want Don't to. Don't worry, I can yeah. guide this bit then, it's fine. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. I know you know you've just written NWA. <laughs> I just, I've, I've written, I'm going to peel the curtain back a lot here. I've written NWA 73rd anniversary show, and then I've just copied the Wikipedia results section. <laughs> and, and I would like to peel the curtain back also further and give uh, Mitch Wadden the credit he, he should give himself. Uh, there is exceptional notage for wrestling top 10 and it all comes from Mitch. I feel oh, wrong great. just to point out where there's nothing. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, it's, it's easy just to, to play when things are bad and not promote when things are good. There's this beautiful notage for the wrestling top 10 that Tom, Mitch, I... God love him makes himself. So thank you. Tom. I put these together after 13 hours of shifting house furniture around up four flights of stairs for a family member. I, I wanted to cry. So you are welcome. Um... All right, mate, don't be a hero. <laughs> But don't with it. But the national rep for the NWA stuff was, NWA. was amazing. Was amazing. It was it was a big. It felt like a big weekend. For it was a turning point of a weekend for the National Wrestling Alliance. Empower, which was a show put together by Mickey James, just hit all the right notes mm-hmm. all the way through. Uh, some really strong matches from some of the best female wrestlers on the planet uh, coming together. I mean, I mean, okay, maybe the best female wrestlers in the West. Because there, there was a distinct lack of, of, of flavor uh, from places like Stardom and Sendai Girls and such. But that's, there's, there's, there's travel restrictions, so totally get why there wasn't as much as that as we would have liked. Uh, from that night, uh, some of the highlights included uh, a, a cracking little match between Mickey James and Kylie Ray that leads to Diana Perrazzo setting out her stall to face Mickey James down the road. Uh, I thought, oh, that was, sorry, that was on the 73rd anniversary show. That wasn't on Empower. Apologies. Mm. Uh, Diana Perrazzo defended the Women's Championship of Impact against Melina on the Saturday night. They had a really nice match. On the Saturday night, also, Camille defended the NWA Women's World title against Layla Hirsch. Gorgeous match between those two. Effortless. They flowed. It was a really nice occasion. We saw the Hex... Uh, the, the the team of Alison Kay and Marty Bell become the NWA Women's Tag Team Champions. First time those belts have been brought back to, to existence in, in, oh gosh, probably about 100 years. Uh, so good to see that. It was, a good, it was a good short, sweet tournament of women's tag team wrestling. We'll see how much they get used from there. And uh, we saw Chelsea Green win the main event, which was a, a battle, a Royal Rumble-esque gauntlet, uh, eliminator for the, the winner receiving a shot at the NWA Women's title on the Sunday, uh, Chelsea Green winning that one, but it got we got a chance to showcase so many great female talents from around the world. One of my favorites was our guest on Desert Island Graps yesterday, that being Russian Dynamite Masha Slamovich, who <laughs> is just just phenomenal. Big love for Masha Slamovich. So that was a Saturday. Then on to the Sunday, we had the aforementioned Mickey James, Kylie Ray showdown that led to Diana Perrazzo attacking Mickey. Look out for Mickey versus Perrazzo on Impact very, very soon. We saw uh, on that night as well, we saw the tag team titles change hands. We saw we saw uh, uh, La, Revol- uh, uh, La, La Revolution, not La, La, not La Revolution. That's not what they're called at all. I apologize, uh, but it's Bestia 666 and uh, Mecha Wolf, and they beat they they beat Aaron Stevens and JR Kratos for the World Tag Team Titles. Uh, Bestia and Mecha Wolf had Conan in their corner as a surprise, which wow. was a beautiful moment to see Conan out there. We know Conan had a little bit of a poorly turn a while back, so it's nice to see him up and running and 
and looking well. Really like to see that. We also had the the the, the speech from Ric Flair. That yes. was special. Mm. So, Mitch, have you seen you've seen the promo from oh, Mick, Rick Flair? I have. You? I have made time to watch uh, Rick Flair go on a live mic without a script. Yes, <laughs> uh, I, I I liked it. I thought it was refreshing to hear somebody who had left the WWE not slagging it off. It makes a change, doesn't it? It makes a change. I'm not saying they don't deserve slagging off, but it just it was. It felt like a bit of a, a cleanser, a palate cleanser. Uh, he was very grateful to. Triple H and Vince McMahon and Shawn Michaels. And he told stories at the NWA. He was very, he was, he, he was very charming that night. I wish he'd found the hard cam though. That's, <laughs> that's the only bit that makes me sad is that, is that he was, he was playing it to the majority of the crowd and, and the back room. But in doing so, he was always facing away from the hard cam. And you could see, God bless the NWA having to work so hard, getting their camera people in the right position to try and catch as much of Ric Flair's facials as they could. Uh, but this was a lovely moment, and the whole night was capped off by uh, Trevor Murdoch and Nick Aldis for the World Heavyweight Championship. A beauty of a main event. It felt very WWF 2000. Okay. In its execution, brawls to the crowd, he'll get in the old school heat, and uh, it just it felt like a, a classic sort of noughties WWF match ended with Trevor Murdoch defying the odds and, and pulling out the win. Trevor Murdoch's the NWA world's heavyweight champion. He celebrated with his family. Ric Flair came out to honor him as well. Uh, it was gorgeous. It was really nice. Top marks to Nick Aldis, who has represented the national wrestling Alliance with nothing but, but pride. Uh, I really thought, I really think that the NWA world title is a good fit for Nick Aldis. Yeah. I'm glad that Trevor is getting this run when he was on Desert Island Graps. He said that like this is kind of his last stop of his career now. He's kind of winding up. But he said the one thing I'd always love to do before I go is to win the belt that my mentor Harley Race held. Hmm. He even came out in a Harley Race jacket, which was a nice touch. So I, it was feel good. I think National Wrestling Alliance did themselves. They, 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 were, they covered themselves in a lot of glory. Last weekend, I think it was a really, a really great. The whole show felt really fun and engaging, and and I'm hoping that it turns more people onto what they do because I love what the NWA is all about. If you're desperate for, I used that phrase before, I shall use it again. If you're desperate for a palate cleanser in the wrestling world right now, I can highly recommend the National Wrestling Alliance and what they're doing. I, yeah, Tom. I know you're a you're a big uh, fan of what the NWA have have offered recently. Do I give that and, away? I can't tell. No, it's, it, I've had to. You know, that's my detective skills. <laughs> my Sherlock vision coming through. But you know, as someone that wasn't able to watch watch the shows over the weekend, but was following you know a bit of social media uh, coming out of them, you could see that there was real interest in what was being presented by the NWA. And, and as you rightly say, one hopes that this leads to a a bit of a boom in, in interest for the company. You got to look at these things like a horse in a race. They put a blinder. They put blinders on the horse. Why do they do that? So you're not looking back to see what the other horse is doing. The horse does that. They're going to trip and break their leg. I believe in my career, I've always operated that way. I know WWE has always operated that way. We look ahead. So our decisions are based on what's best for us and whatever anyone else does with that, good for them. Final topic of the day. And... It is all about Khan, but not Tony. It's the other one. What's the story, mate? 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Yeah, so somewhat out of nowhere, as we headed into uh, this year's SummerSlam from uh, Las Vegas... BT Sport dropped an interview uh, presented by Ariel Helwani with the usually very private WWE president and chief revenue officer, Nick Khan. Now, uh, it was a good half hour long interview and in, in, during which Nick talked about, uh, you know, being blamed for WWE's problems by the fans and, and how he basically relishes that, um, how WWE makes decisions on who's being cut from the roster uh, why he thinks there's been so many releases this year. Um, there was a particular quote in which he was asked if Raw would benefit from being reduced to two hours, to which he said, from my point of view, Raw would benefit from being four hours so that it would get paid more money. Uh, and he also I clarified... Like me some money! <laughs> Hello, I like money! Basically, Nick, Nick, Nick Khan is Mr. Krabs from Spongebob. He is. In he... case you hadn't figured it out by this interview. <laughs> There's definitely a Mr. M- bit of Mr. Burns in there as well. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's very... All I can see when I look at Nick Khan is that uh, scene where he goes, uh, Mr. Burns is, well, uh, as you know, I'm uh, strapped for cash. And then just the bank just breaks on him and he's covered <laughs> in dollars. <laughs> That's exactly um, what I see now. That's exactly it. Uh, and he also clarified the previous open business line. So it, it, there was a lot of speculation that Nick Khan basically said WWE was open to being sold. And he said, look, we'll take any credible business-related phone call. But as juicy as all the quotes were, Tom, I think it was just the fact that we heard from Nick Khan that's quite newsworthy in itself because he's quite mysterious. He is. And and I think the, the reason that he did it on this occasion, like... Um, didn't Ariel Helwani and Nick Khan work together previously? Yes, Nick Khan was uh, Ariel Helwani's uh, what, what, agent. His agent. So, so, yeah. so there's, there's an established uh, credibility and respect between those two. So it makes sense why he did this as opposed to, I don't know, Hot Ones or Desert. Like <laughs> He's not got back to my emails, Tom. I Mate, have I'm tried. Li- I'm absolutely livid. I want him to do straight <laughs> to hell with Ross. Um, I will send no money straight to hell. Um, then I think AEW in hell. I think <laughs> no, because there's no competition. We are, we are. Oh, sorry, yeah, focus. Yeah. We're, we're a horse in a I'd race. Like to, I'd like to send sleep to hell. <laughs> sleep to hell, please. It's, um, 
what I think was telling about that interview is like we had all these ideas in our head about what Nick Khan was like, like money hungry, desperate for WWE just to make as much money as possible, uh, regardless of like the the credibility that it loses in doing so. And in throughout the interview, Nick Khan just kind of went, yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> like he, he didn't shy away from the fact that, look, I'm here to make the company buckets and buckets and buckets of money. And that's what we're doing. <laughs> And, and and if people don't like the product, then well, that's a shame. It's <laughs> kind of it. Like there was, there was, there was. He that's what he's there to do. And I, I can't really kick off about that. No, we can't. I we want. Can't if across. anything, I want him to come and run Cultaholic. He'll make <laughs> us a ton of money. <laughs> we don't have to do anything. No, because then every uh, Desert Island graph would be seven hours. Fine. Stick it with adverts. Sponsored by Ray Shadow Legend. Every video sponsored by adamandeve.com and Ray Shadow Legend. All the money is being made. Mitch, do you think in 12 months' time, you and I will be sat here talking about Vince McMahon and Nick Khan selling the company? I think we're going to be talking about Nick Khan and... Uh, who's the other one? Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon. <laughs> who's who's the guy with just the biggest name in wrestling ever? Something... Um, yeah, I've not heard of him. Um, yeah, I think we're going to be talking about Nick Khan and, and Vince McMahon selling WWE every month for the next 12 months because it's going to be a theme that isn't going to go away because we go back to, and Tom, you did a fantastic video on this as well. Everything that WWE has done in the last six months tells the story that they're streamlining and right. they're making themselves attractable for, for a potential sale. So I can't see it actually happening in the next 12 months but i think we'll be talking about it yeah i think so do check out that nick khan interview it is uh it is it is, it is very interesting like he, he seems like a he's, he's got you can't together. you can't fault him because he's very him. honest he's like the old manager uh you know in your first ever job that you knows a bit of a dick but at least he tells you how it is <laughs> yeah i know as wrestling fans we we shouldn't be you know, you're hardened to go, no, I just care about the wrestling. But he's like, look, it's a business. It's a business. And you know what? It's like everything, you know, like this is a business. What we do is a business. And we, oh. we do things in a certain way because it's a business. And, you know, a lot of the programs that you like are done in a certain way because their business is involved. There's money involved. WWE is no different. Uh, Tony Khan's AEW feels different because there's a there's a passion for the sport for the, the sport and the art of wrestling there that I think is, isn't in WWE. I, I, I was thinking about this today, and this is kind of my final point before we move on to our final part of the show, is that I think in a weird way, guys like Nick Khan and Vince McMahon are relieved that w, the AEW are there because mm-hmm. WWE have had to carry this, they've been burdened with glorious purpose, that they are like the market leader, the standard bearer of professional wrestling. And here's the thing. They don't like professional wrestling, but that's kind of what they are. They they rebrand themselves as sports entertainment, but now they're all classes professional wrestling. And now you've got AEW who is embracing the sports, the, the professional wrestling aspect of things. And they want the hot indie talent on the road. And they want to invest in big names who can wrestle and, and bring an audience in that way. I can't help but feel this. People in WWE are going, oh, phew, they can do that. We can create our vision that people will just love anyway. And they will. People like yeah. WWE, WWE will not die because Vince McMahon is, bush, is, is pushing 
a, a beefy boy on NXT. It no, won't. It, it will it, still it, be here. It would have to take something very dramatic for WWE to not be here anymore. I would say a global pandemic, but it's not even the fact that it survived. It thrived in a global pandemic. I know. That's WWE is a cockroach. It won't die. <laughs> it won't die. It'll it'll have to it'll take something dramatic for it to die. So you know what, Tom, I'd never thought of it that way, but that makes so much sense. It won't die. It'll do whatever it wants to do and it'll be fine. They'll make all the money. They're the they're the market leader, they're the standard mm. bearer. And AEW will serve those wrestling fans that no longer want what WWE is selling. But there'll always be people that want what WWE is selling. But there's a certain sect of fans that will want to check out that stuff. You know how you know how you're really tall, Mitch. <laughs> I've I've heard. No, no, no. You have to now. No, you've bought yourself a, a Land Cruiser to. to, to <laughs> it's just I would offer to stand up, but there's a wall right there, and I will. <laughs> there's a shelf there, and I'll bang my head on it. Yeah, please don't, mate. I don't. I don't want a concussion at the end of this. Um, on cultaholic.com, you can find <laughs> the latest wrestling news and quizzes based on wrestlers. Uh, so if you fancy a little lunch break tester of your, your mental faculties of the wrestling variety, you can do so. And Mitch, I want to test you on a fellow long boy in the wrestling world to end this on. I want to test you on the great Carly. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, this dropped onto cultaholic.com just the other day. It is uh, a quiz labeled, can you name all of the great Carly's WWE pay-per-view opponents? <laughs> There's 54 in total. Ooh, okay. And in the quiz, it gives you 10 minutes. But for brevity, I'm going to give you 60 seconds to name as many as you can, Mitch. Okay. Right. And your time starts now. Batista. Batista is a good shout. And Batista is 5 out of 54. Undertaker. Undertaker is a good one. And Undertaker is going to give you 9 out of 54. Kane. Kane gives you 15 out of 54. Oh, a lot of Kane matches. Uh, Big Show. Big Show is going to give you 17 out of 54. Edge. Edge is going to give you no, no Edge. Oh, John Cena. John Cena is going to give you 19 out of 54. Okay. Oh, Triple H. Triple H is going to give you 20 out of 54. Okay, now we're struggling. Who else is great? Kali faced on paper. Oh, uh, it was a triple threat. Rey Mysterio. Rey Mysterio is going to give you 21 out of 54. 15 seconds Ma- to go. Umaga? Umaga is going to give you... No, no Umaga. Ooh. 10 seconds. Oh, uh, Finlay. Finlay is 23 out of 54. And your time is up. Okay. That was... Okay. Do you know what? 23 out of 54. Not bad for a, a minute. Not bad. That is not bad. Some of the names that you missed... Included Dolph Ziggler, Hornswoggle. Oh, how could I forget? MVP, <laughs> Big Daddy V, JBL, John Morrison, The Miz. Some of these are Survivor Series matches. Oh, of course. Dolph Ziggler, Beth Phoenix. Oh, yes, yes. From yes, the Rumble. Yes, yes. Mason Ryan, Cody Rhodes, Daniel Bryan, Santina Morella. Wade Barrett. Hold up. What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. David Otunga. <laughs> Drew McIntyre from WrestleMania, a 12-man tag. Forgot about that. Uh, so that also includes Jack Swagger, Mark Henry, The Miz. We said Miz. Christian. Antonio Cesaro, Cesaro and tag match at Battleground back in the day. Fandango. Wow. And a, a mixed tag against Fandango. Summer Ray in same said mixed tag. Roman Reigns. He was eliminated by him in the Rumble. Oh, gosh. For a moment, I thought you meant they'd had a single match on like oh, no, Battleground no, no. So, 2014. So I should have I added that uh, Rumble entrants are also counted. Or Rumble collisions are counted as matches because your final one 2018 Braun Strowman of course of course Royal Rumble well done though. that's a good effort thank you that's thank you this, is, this has been fun Tom I always enjoy speaking to you sir oh you're very very kind I agree it's been a <laughs> lovely time uh, Mitch where can people find you on the internet you can find me on my only oh no I have to delete that you can find <laughs> Mitch, is, Mitch is getting his long boy out at onlyfans.com <laughs> forward slash big west hammer <laughs> my twitter's at Mitch Wadden um, you can find me over at the cultaholic.com website as well my byline is there reasonably frequently please go and check it out uh, he is at mitchwarden.com I'm at tomcampbell.com together we are at cultaholic.com don't forget to join us I love you bye For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 